guys, you are listening to the Spencer Wrestling Show here on the FOW Radio Network. I am Patrick with Danny Danger, Mika Villas, the Queen's back. There's always uh, lots of wrestling news to talk about. We're only a few days away from Money in the Bank. We're in the midst of the, uh, you know, a few days into the Best of Super Juniors tournament, and it's really starting to heat up. Uh, just... And then we got another, you know, Saudi show at NXT Takeovers only a few weeks away. Big stuff coming down the, down the pike. I'm back, you boys. Rocked it last week without me. I'm happy to be back with my boys talking about wrestling. Let's go. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started first with some uh, bad news or sad news. Uh, I better say, as this week we have lost uh, two. Uh, names in pro wrestling. Uh, first, uh, we lost S- Silver King, who most people would know, uh, of course, for his stint in WCW. But for the diehards, and especially those in the lucha world, know his historic career, of course, uh, being the son of Dr. Wagner, brother of Dr. Wagner Jr., uh, also being one of half of Los Cowboys with Tejano and, you know, just having such a great career, not only WCW, but then also uh, was uh, for the, it's the latter part of his career in a triple A, uh, but he was in the ring in a match in the United Kingdom uh, when it was like he had a, a heart attack and he died in the ring. Uh, a, a lot of questions about how he died and could there have been help in time, but you know, anybody can you know put in their two cents after the fact, but it's it's, it's a tragedy. Uh, however, uh, is someone who you know. As much as he loved the wrestling business, probably wouldn't have wanted it any other way than to go down doing what they love to do. But yeah, so Silver King at age of 51 on May 11th, 2019, passed away uh, from a heart attack uh, in the, the middle of his wrestling match. Which, uh, it's uh, not, not trying to be funny or anything, but it's Silver King, the first ever person to finish a match If you want to take it that way, probably. I mean, they didn't really realize he was dead when they went ahead and kept going. I mean, that's kind of messed up to say. But, uh, you know, he was was an influential part of the WCW Cruiserweight division. Um, You know, in in the early days, I mean, that's pretty much, to me as a fan, the WCW Cruiserweights were the thing that helped set them apart and helped draw me into them. Uh, as a product as a whole and silver king being one of the integral parts there but also he continued on you know after the close of wcw uh to wrestle in mexico and and throughout the world um he's all he was also played the role of ramses uh the nemesis of uh jack black in nacho libre um so he will for also forever be remembered as the great and powerful ramses uh all clad in gold and Taking a Mahi Straw pin uh, in the crowd that somehow the ref decided to count in an exhibition non-title match uh, 
that we were not explained at the very beginning that it would, would also be false can anywhere. So when Jack Black Nacho hit the uh, Mahi Stroll cradle on Ramstays on the ground in like the fifth row, it counted. Uh, but, you know, a, a great loss always a loss when, uh, you know, when a wrestler passes, especially somebody who's still active and still giving a lot to the organization and, and even more tragic when they actually pass uh, in the ring. It kind of reminds everybody of just how dangerous professional wrestling really is, you know, and, and it was a heart attack. It's not as though potentially a, a injury that is, you know, related to uh, wrestling or, t- or taking a specific wrestling move. Um, but it's still, it's still very sad to hear of his passing. And I know the, the wrestling world and Lucha Libre world, especially, or uh, will be mourning his passing for quite some time. Um, it, it is sad because um, there you are uh, as a fan watching this match between um, two, like you said, people who were at the forefront of the WCW Cruiserweight division, uh, something that I think got a lot of people into wrestling, into WCW, and just kind of introduced um, Lucha Libre to the Americans um, that in a way that it never had uh, before um, to, to have someone pass in front of them. And when, you know, unfortunately realized too late what was happening, I am, you know, our, our condolences to his friends, family and fans, but just to, to be doing something that you love and, and passing away. I think, like you said, that's probably one of the, the best ways you could possibly want to go. It is, it is sad, but we get to celebrate in, um, his life and his legacy and just the um, the things he left behind. So um, you mentioned that movie, and honestly, I totally forgot about it until you said something. So, you know, the irony of Silver King and All Gold um, is not lost on me. But it's one of those things that now you can kind of work back and appreciate even more so his body of work and appreciate literally and truly the sacrifice um, that he, he gave in the ring for literally for entertainment of others. He will forever be missed. He will definitely be remembered. Our condolences uh, to his family and friends. Uh, also, uh, we lost another name here in the States uh, today, May 16th, as we're recording this. Uh, it was announced uh, the sad passing of one of WLE's uh, original divas uh, from the uh, early uh, mid 2000s here, and also 2005 Diva Search winner, Ashley Massaro. Still unknown the cause of her death. However, uh, you know, they, you know, I'm sure we'll eventually find out, but another loss in, in the pro wrestling world. Yeah, another sad loss. Um, you know, she was under 40, uh, has has a daughter, you know, so um, it's definitely makes it very sad to hear of her passing. Um, she was apparently had been training recently to, to try and make some kind of comeback and, and do a few more matches. But it, it, you know, she'd kind of been open over the years about her different struggles um, just kind of with depression and these kind of things. So it's the early speculation is that she basically kind of succumbed to her demons. 
um, and that it may have been possible suicide. But uh, that details have yet to officially be released on that. But it's still a very sad loss for the for the wrestling world. It, it is sad. It, it's very sad because when you have someone um, so young, and you know, wrestling is one of those things where it brings joy, and you never know who you reach and who you touch. Ashley may not have been one of the most um, athletic divas, but she was always, um, by all reports, just so super kind to um, all the fans that she met. Um, there's a lot of people um, now kind of going back and saying that she was one of the reasons that they felt, you know, that they wanted to be in wrestling. Um, just kind of that spunky girl next door, but not girly, girly. Ashley was one of those tomboys that still kick butt and still look good doing it. And that spoke to a, a host of men and women um, who were, you know, maybe not that sort of kind of diva mold from back in the day. So she had that kind of punk rock spirit and attitude and appearance and just being different. Um, her her reach was probably more than she even knew. So it is truly, truly sad um, that we, we have to speak about her passing. But um, hopefully, um, as in anything, that there's always lessons to be learned, that if you are suffering and struggling, that there are people out there who you can talk to, turn to. Um, so anybody listening, by all means, you know, it's, there are folks out there who will listen, just, you know, reach out and hopefully, you know, Ashley is resting in peace now. Our condolences also go out to Ashley Massaro's family and friends. Uh, one person who, again, scared us, but th we have not yet lost. Um, it is one nature boy, Rick Flair. Once again, he was hospitalized, still dealing with health issues, which, you know, not 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 anyone's surprise um but seems like he will be able, recovering uh you know and it is not anything life-threatening although at his age and after all the miles on that body uh you think a any health concern will be taken uh you know like a life or death issue but we're glad to uh hear that the nature boy uh it's uh, on the recovery road, and he's going to do well. He's got that roast at StarCast 2 in Las Vegas in a few weeks. With that said, uh, speaking of Las Vegas uh, and StarCast happening on Memorial Day weekend, I think we go ahead and talk about uh, the big announcement that came out today uh, during the TNT's upfronts. And that is confirmation uh, that TNT and All Elite Wrestling have come up with a deal and secured the rights for U.S. Uh, TV show coming up later this year. So All Elite Wrestling will be on TNT. After how many years where TNT got rid of WCW? They're back now, 18 years later. They tweeted earlier, they said, we're back in the wrestling business, as that was the uh, the famous quote from Ted Turner that he called up Vince McMahon and said, hey, McMahon, I'm, I'm getting into the wrestling business. 
Um, so they they have a deal that was speculated and, and talked about that would be possibly a Turner station, um, but their AEW will be part of you know uh, Turner. I mean Turner Network Television, one of the big one of their big uh, channels. We don't know when you know when they'll fit fit into the time slot, uh, what day of the week, but that is of course huge news for them. Uh, you know, big news for the wrestling world, um, you know, giving fans more options to see professional wrestling uh, on their TV. I mean, TNT is one of kind of the, the big 60 or 65 channels you get when you sign up for basic cable. You go plop down in any hotel across America that has uh, basic cable and TNT is one of them. So that is, um, you know, huge news for them as, you know, TNT. Impact has been fighting to try to get on decent channels for a long time. And, um, you know, I, I still don't really know where Impact Wrestling is, honestly. Um, I think you can see it on Twitch, but I don't, I mean, the, t- the television channel is not anywhere near the dial that I have. Um, so for them to be on, you know, having a show coming this fall on one of the big, the big major cable networks is, is just huge for, for the industry as a whole, really. It's huge for the industry as a whole. Um, it's huge for this um, AEW project. The fact that um, these kind of almost misfits are able to gather and go and get things that uh, more established companies like you mentioned Impact, like Ring of Honor, cannot do. They can't go out and get the exposure. They can't get the television deals. So while we don't have all of the details it is the fanfare and the exciting um nature of the news that you will be indeed able to find uh aew on basic cable where you don't have to pay per view some ungodly amount or you know learn how to work the twitch machine or some other you know roku this that or other in order to watch this this wrestling so uh, they are doing it right. They, of course, are just all out there on social media, and that is their their niche. They they do social their media very well. Uh, they also seem to be doing business well to close a deal with TNT to have um, the announcement come at the upfront. They're doing television correctly, and now we get to wait and see how they do wrestling if they continue doing things correctly. They, they claim that this is going to be something that is going to be more sports focused than entertainment. And I'm not sure exactly other than what, but, uh, you know, I guess wins and losses are going to matter. Apparently that's, you know, which is something that people like to say. So uh, there's a lot to be determined, right? Because look, you can try to do something, but at the end of the day, you got to do whatever you got to do. To appeal the people to watch, they they have an opportunity here, um, and whether or not it be a success, uh, that's that's to be determined. Uh, one thing I would definitely suggest them not to do is go up against WWE. You know, I mean, WCW did it, but it took them a hot minute to get to, to get there, and I I don't know if that's exactly what you want to do i mean impact formerly known as tna wrestling try to do that and fail miserably 
different type of talent. I understand. But, man, if you want to give yourself all the time to succeed, you know, don't don't set yourself up for failure, in my opinion, and, and give yourself some competition, because there will be competition, and unlike WCW, I, I think that they are missing, um, you know, a lot more, a, a co- a co- I think a couple tools uh, in their bucket. But yeah, I I think stay away from Mondays and Fridays for the time being. Focus on working your product. You know, it could be an hour, two hours, three hours, five hours. Who knows? Well, yeah, I think the initial dues don't, you know, don't go directly against WWE right away. Give yourself time to uh, build up as as your own individual product and all that. you know, I think that's the biggest thing is that they want to be seen as an alternative product. So you need to make sure that it's separate um, because you can't just go run and ride at the bull right out of the gate. You need to kind of take take your time and, and build your build some more following. Um, I like the idea of wins and losses. And there was kind of talk about, you know, uh, a bit heavier aspect as far as when it comes to statistics, you know this wrestler wins more higher percentage with this move and he's lost a higher percentage against wrestlers that wrestle, you know, this kind of match, etc. I think that's kind of an interesting take on things. Um, and yet again, because, you know, your, your whole audience is based on people who are, are just kind of tired of seeing the same old stuff from, from WWE or, or wherever, you know, I mean, that's, that's how they grew their fan base was kind of because we're kind of different. We're, we're not doing the same things that, that you can see every, every week. Um, so I think they need to stick to that and, and, and develop their own identity with their own time over time. Um, and just focus on growing themselves and not focus on, you know, trying, trying to topple the giant within the first six months. I think you said it. They they have to be themselves and they cannot um, rely on trying to be the WWE or trying to use some of the same formulas that WWE has used for success in the past. Um, I, I hope and I believe that they're going to learn from the mistakes of their predecessors, learn from the history that you have in front of you, the WCWs, the TNAs, the Impact, the Ring of Honors. Uh, to even an extent, the Lucha Underground, do not run your television like or your programming or your wrestling like anybody who has tried to go up against the machine or has tried to be different than the machine and still use some of the machine's tactics and antics. Um, the beautiful part of this is they can be as creative as they like and still be themselves. It's just the fact that there'll be sponsors, there'll be people in their ears and, you know, on phone calls, I'm sure, trying to get them to duplicate the success quickly of WWE and to get the return investment as quick as possible. But as long as they can hold out and be true, um, there's a slew of wrestling fans behind AEW. There's nothing so far that they have done wrong. And if they continue to give people what they want, which is just, I think, something exciting to look forward to, 
something that people can believe in, something people can kind of suspend their disbelief of just in general, then they are going to do okay. But if they try to be WWE junior quick, they're going to get shut down really fast. Well, there'll be a lot to be determined, figure out what ha will happen with all elite wrestling, but they will be on TNT. That's as big as it gets right now for them. Uh, I mean, all they have uh, right now is one show in the books, one coming up that sold out, and, and a lot of hype on, on the Twitter machine. Uh, they were able to talk to Turner people into giving them a slot. They were able to talk to the cons to give them some money. Uh, so things are working on their favor. So can they take advantage? We shall see. Only time will tell. But in the meantime, I think everyone can say that right now, what's going on with Elite is just too sweet. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Okay, so now uh, let's shift our attention over to the Fed because a lot's going on coming up this Sunday, Money in the Bank. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, some other stuff that's going on. Uh, first of all, Lars Sullivan. Lars, oh Lars, oh Lars. You know, we kind of talked about Lars, uh, you know, and going away for whatever reason. Uh, his tweets coming up at one point, but nothing going over it. Well, it looks like somebody complained. Somebody had a problem. He went up to the higher ups. And, well, Lars is not paying the piper. And he had, he's been fined $100,000. For the comments in his tweets. Uh, and apparently he has reached out to uh, some uh, offended wrestlers. Uh, you know, that he may, you know, some wrestlers that he may have offended. Um, and apologized about the situation. So, well, it sounds like he is remorseful. And, you know, he's paying the fine. Uh, this is not something that really just decided to you know disregard like nothing happened in in this day and age though uh you know we see people you know really not be penalized for their tweets is this something that we could be looking at going forward where you know they'll come back to bite you like never before well, I mean, even though you're technically an independent contractor, you're still a representative of their company, and they're a publicly traded company that relies very, very heavily on their press and their public image. And so to have somebody who is under their employ uh, make some very controversial statements, 
uh, yeah, they're going to, they're going to want to look good and say, Hey, you know, we're, we're taking care of this. We're, you know, letting him know that, that these kind of, you you know, that you can't kind of say these things in a public forum. And we're also kind of warning other people, Hey, if you do these kind of, if you say these kind of things as well, you can see consequences. Um, I mean, it's, you know, most people, I mean, it it is very different because they're still independent contractors. You know, they're not full-fledged employees of uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, you know, most places that you work, you can get in trouble for what you post on social media. Um, you know, any kind of extremely controversial or, you know, people have been arrested because or fired because they post, you know, old photos of them, you know, smoking weed in high school or something like that. Um, because, you know, public image is very important, especially with WWE and all the work they do for, you know, different children's charities like make a wish. And they have their Connor, you know, the Connor's cure that they work with and the, the warrior and um, so many other things. So, yeah, they definitely want to show, you know, whether they really care about it or not, they want to put forth the public image and say, Hey, these kind of statements will not be tolerated. This isn't what these are not the ideals that our company holds. Um, you know, these, these kind of things. So that's really what it's about. It's about protecting their public image, um, which they work very, very hard and spend a whole lot of money to try and, uh, protect and push up and build on. And they definitely do not want it being soiled by, by one person who probably had too many to drink and then went on social media. Um, Lars Sullivan is not a big enough star in the WWE to make such remarks in a public forum. Um, now, of course, he had to reach out and apologize. $100,000 is huge money, um, especially coming out of his pockets. It's not like he has that money to just throw away. Um, had this been somebody of a higher caliber? Brother. Uh, on the WWE. <laughs> brother. Yeah. This would be, you know, it'd still be a, a, a slap on the wrist, proverbially. Proverbial? Or whatever. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. It would still be a slap on the wrist, but it would not be to such a degree because that person or those people are money makers in the sense that Lars Sullivan has not drawn a dime for the WWE yet. Um, he cannot just go spouting off at the mouth whenever he damn well pleases, especially in Vince McMahon's WWE. Um, when there's advertisers and sponsors to be had independent contractor or not, this is where Lars chose to give his servitude to which means you have to play by the rules of the McMahons or Vince McMahon to be a hundred percent, um, hundred percent clear. Um, it's almost funny because I would have loved to see anybody else say these things, even though, you know, again, bad things, what have you. Yes. Was he under the influence of something? Probably maybe. And then we know that, you know, a lot of WWE superstars, Randy Orton <laughs> have been and said things and done things while they were under the influence of something that 
would not be looked highly upon from sponsors and other various, you know, um, goody goodies, I'll, I'll say. But, you know, this also is a warning for anybody else to not do it. And by anybody else, I mean anybody else who is a low to mid Carter to basically stay in your place or you're going to get disciplined WWE style. So sorry, Lars, you, you did it and you are now the example. Yeah. And look, you guys, you know, kind of, you know, you mentioned Hulk Hogan. He didn't get fined. He did not just get a slap in the wrist either. The man got fired. And technically it wasn't for a tweet. He's back. He he got he got he got temporarily he got temporarily removed. Yeah. yeah. That'll snap. But look at this. Hulk Hogan's back. So yeah, I think that WWE more than ever wants to be able to control what people do and well part of me can't blame them because some people post some dumb stuff. And you know, people's Feelings can get hurt very quickly and very easily on the Twitter.com and and things things aren't that big of a deal and people need to choose how to fight their battles and which ones to fight and which ones not and you know tw- Twitter's not and you know Twitter's not really the place to do that anyways but it's whatevs as the youngsters would say. But uh, yeah, so with that, uh, let's see. Let's hope the people learn their lessons. Just you know, be be nicer on the, on the Twitter and keep your personal beliefs to yourself and private forms. Make sure you're not being taped without your knowledge. So, so, some lessons that the pro wrestling world can teach us. All right. Well, speaking about teaching, we are learning more about the next show uh, for WWE in Saudi Arabia. Of course, it will be June 7th. And now we know the title. It will be the Super Showdown. So, of course, we remember that name because that was the name of the first show that they held in Australia. And well, we're bringing back the name, the Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. And we already have three matches announced Triple H versus Randy Orton, Goldberg versus The Undertaker. For the first time ever. And a 50 man battle royal. Not to be confused with the 50th greatest Royal Rumble. That was a Royal Rumble. This is a Battle Royal. They're completely different matches. It's not I, great. It's not great at all. That's why. Yeah. Well, it's Battle Royal also implies that everybody's starting in the ring at the same time versus the Royal Rumble where they're staggered entrances. Um, but it's three matches. And as we talked, you know, with some of the previous Saudi shows, Randy Orton and Triple H, this is a match that, you know, the Saudi audience has not seen in person. You, me, your mom, everybody else that you know has probably seen this match 900 times. Seen it in person 100 of those times. Um, But the Saudis have only seen it on the pay-per-view. So now they get to see it live and in person. Um, You know, 
Goldberg and Undertaker at one time was probably considered a dream match because they were two titans of two different companies. Uh, and that was a long time ago. Uh, Undertaker has retired. Goldberg has retired. I, I feel at least a couple different times. But uh, when the Saudi money comes calling, you come out of retirement. Uh, HBK is a prime example of that. Uh, so, you know, we get a first time ever match. Uh, I guess that's supposed to draw people in to guys, you know, I'm not even going to say past their prime because that's kind of an overstatement. That's a, really an understatement as they're both now in their 50s, their past retirement age. Um, you know, they'll be collecting Social Security soon, but we finally get that match. And, uh, you know, I guess that's that's really what matters. It's here. It's now. Tell us how you really feel about this upcoming pay-per-view, Danny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, it's it's we we talked about it when they first did this is this dirty Saudi money, and here it is, literally raising the dead. We have the Undertaker and Goldberg, both of them out to pasture, but they're back. We'll be seeing zombies fight. Live on pay per view for the first time ever, live from Saudi Arabia, because that's King, pretty much kingdom, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. You you must accentuate that as they did every single time they said Saudi Arabia. It is the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. I am a queen. I do not recognize any kingdom outside of my own queendom. Screw them and their dirty Saudi money. Um, but yeah, like you would turn down the Saudi money. I probably would have to based on who I am as a brown person and as an American woman. That's yeah, no, I couldn't do it. They wouldn't offer it to me. First of all, they offered to whoever my husband is. Then when I tell them I wasn't married, they'd stone me to death. So yeah, I turned. Yeah. Or they'd, or they'd find your father or somebody, because if you're not married, you're still the property of your, of your father. Right. So I I turned. The fights on the behalf of the WWE, these these matches, huh. they only announced three because they're probably getting ridiculed. Not that they care, because again, they've cashed the check about what they're already giving us. We saw a 50-man Royal Rumble or whatever you want to call it. Yes, I know Battle Royals, 50 people in the ring already. I don't think they're going to not give these people the entrances, i.e. Royal Rumble style. I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. Um, am I going to waste my time, effort, and, you know, that nine ninety nine that I'm spending on the WWE Network to watch this thing? Probably not, just because, you know, I'm pretty sure I can go wash my hair that night. But everybody else, you guys enjoy it and tell me who, you know, won, Goldberg Undertaker. Oh, neither one of them? Good, because they shouldn't be in the ring in the first place. Well, you know, what the Saudis pay for, the Saudis get, and... They want everybody that they can get at this point. Uh, and if they can convince them to do the wrestling, uh, yeah, they pretty much will get them. Uh, of course, we also know uh, that at the show, uh, we will have uh, Kofi Kingston, Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman, AJ Styles, Roman Reigns. Which of them will be part of the 50-man battle royal? Uh, we'll still see, but there'll be a few more matches announced. Uh, okay, of course, that is coming June 7th. 
and it'll be in the King Abdullah International Stadium. So, yep, interesting to see what happens there. Now, uh, of course, as everybody remembers last week, uh, we talked about the NXT roster and we kind of went over uh, the male competitors and uh, just uh, what, what was up with them, with their status, kind of where we see things going. Uh, and now uh, let's shift and talk about the women uh, of NXT. Uh, let's see here what we have. Uh, first, uh, of course, out with a torn ACL, Dakota Kai. Uh, one, one of the ones I enjoy watching, and uh, of course, she's out, so we know that status. TBD. Alright, so let's go down the line, guys. Tell me your thoughts first. Aliyah, the forever, I'm gonna be in NXT from the day I was born till the day that I die. Damn, she's she's still not good. She's been there for so long and she's still not good. She leaned out, you know, like she from when she first started. Um and it it almost makes her look I don't think it makes her look good. It it almost makes like with her physique and being being as lean as she is, it it looks kind of unnatural. It looks unhealthy almost. Um and she's still really not good in the ring. She still doesn't really have a good character or presence. You know, the character they have her now, you know, where she's bitchy mean girl is is pretty much an overplayed trope in in professional wrestling especially. That's one of the things my wife noticed when we were watching you know, bits of NXT, she was kind of passing to the room and, and she's like, they still really doing that? Like, is that still a character that they do with women? And, and it just kind of made me realize that, you know, think about that and so many others that although we have gone so, you know, we have come so far in the, the women's evolution, etc., but we're still doing these very bad stereotypes that women have to have to kind of play either into the bitchy mean girl, the crazy girl, the the um the super nice girl or the I'm not like most girl you know either I'm a t- I'm a tomboy or I'm a tough girl or whatever they still kind of all fall under these same uh basic character types and I mean that's kind of pro wrestling unfortunately is that there's still very basic character types you know we still have evil foreign guy as as a regular character on on national television um. You know, he's from a different place, so he's bad. You know, like it. So you're gonna kind of have these, but she's just not good. Like, and I, they, developmental has let so many good people go, but she stayed for so long. I don't understand why. Aaliyah is there hope for that? Um, I, I don't readily know her background, but I think she's Egyptian, and you know, we like territories. We like to take over territories. So while Kofi is helping to garner Ghana and that part of Africa, um, Aaliyah needs to be that person of that either Egyptian, African, Middle Eastern descent as a woman um, that they can showcase to the world their diversity in their women's division. Uh, According Um, to to Wikipedia, she's... Uh, Canadian. She was born in Ontario, but her family is from uh, past is Syrian and Iraqi. 
concept. There we go. There yeah. we go. Some cradle, some cradle of civilization type area where again you show the diversity where we're not just you know the North American continent where we've gone literally worldwide and embraced all cultures, all backgrounds, and showcased some of their best athletes. She could be their best athlete from that area. Whoops, sorry. Um, that area to work with. That area is Toronto, though. We know and, there's other listen, better wrestlers from Toronto. They've had her once Trish, twice, okay? Gail Kim was in their, in, under their employ twice, and they let her go. Trish Stratus was the best thing from Toronto. Don't, don't let the WWE tell you anything other than that, because that's all they're going to ever say. But, yeah, we're, we're going back to Aaliyah's roots, and that's what they're, they're hoping and looking to show investors, because it all is about that dollar bill, the American dollar bill, um, until you get the Saudi money involved. But um, it's all about making sure that they show not just a diversity in their portfolio, but in the in performers that they employ. So she meets a certain demographic. Whether she's good or not makes them no difference, because for some reason, they think she's a good little hand to have around, and they keep her there in NXT. She will never leave NXT. You said she was born there. She was raised there. Um, Leah will be there NXT until it, it ends. So, yeah. Next up, let's see what is happening here with Bianca Belair. I mean, many would say she has star written all over it. Future NXT Women's Champion. Uh, she's been very prominent in the last few months. Uh, with shots against Shayna Baszler. Will she finally take the throne on the NXT? Or do we see a call-up sooner than later? I'm not really sure when they call her up, if she does get an NXT title reign or not. Um, you know, but she's, you know, one of, one of the best athletes that they have, obviously, with her power and her agility. Um, she's developed a decent character. She's still, you know, very 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 much inexperienced in the ring um so that may be why they're kind of waiting um you know her to kind of rough out some of the some of the edges smooth out some of the rough edges and uh but i mean i see her as a possible contender for a while but i definitely don't see her being the one to dethrone Shayna baszler or or even get the next you know one or two championship reigns uh i think she's still kind of a little too inexperienced for that but if she can continue to grow and continue to put things together, she could be, you know, uh, a great asset for WWE over the next coming over the next several years. Bianca Belair is the athlete of the future. Um, she has everything that they're looking for. She does indeed need a little more polish and poise under her belt in the ring. Bianca just recently married, so um, WWE doesn't like to break up families if they can at all avoid it especially if your spouse is in the company um so that might be a small factor of bianca not being called up um in this immediate or last batch of call-ups but she also was going to school um she just graduated um with a degree so now that school is finished um, she can perhaps be um, groomed more in the ring. She's got 
a great presence, a great character, uh, a great following. And it's just putting all those pieces together and getting that in-ring work where it needs to be. I, as a woman of color, I would love to see her up in the main roster to give a little bit different than what we see with Naomi um, day in and day out. But um, I'd rather Bianca be ready for that limelight, be ready for that demand that being uh, that national, you know, worldwide television audience to be that face of a, uh, of a, of a, of a people. Um, I'm not sure if she's ready for that responsibility quite yet. So I'd rather see her in ring work, develop more, her character more and her confidence more before she's called up. Yes. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, next up, Vanessa Bourne, of uh, course, she's been tagging out with Leah. Uh, she uh, is a wrestler that's got a good size on her and really uh, very mobile. So what is next for her? Because she'll definitely stand out. Well, Vanessa Bourne has a very distinct look. You know, her, her character is very... plays very much into the seductress, kind of the sexy role, which which they don't really... they they aren't really doing too, too much of on the main roster. Like, Mandy Rose does that a little bit. But, um, you know, Vanessa, yet again, is still very, very, very inexperienced in the ring, although she is kind of putting her character together. But yet again, it is kind of, you know, they team her with Aaliyah, and they're kind of the bitchy mean girls. Um, it's just an overused character trope, especially in wrestling. Uh, and they already have several people who are already playing that character on the main roster. I mean, that's Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. That's the Iconics. They're the bitchy mean girls. So I don't think there's a place for her on the main roster right now, and she definitely needs a lot more seasoning. Um, you know, but she's already kind of turning heads just by her physical looks and her her kind of confidence um, in her character. But she, I think she's quite a ways away from title contention or, or a main roster call-up. Miles away, I believe, from a title contention, and I think there needs to be some character development there because it's easy um, for them to just go say, "Be sexy, be athletic," and that's yeah. pretty much what we get. There's no wear, depth wear to lingerie, that. wear lingerie gear, you know, wear wear gear that looks like lingerie and go be sexy, and you know, like that's that's pretty pretty easy instructions for a lot of people. Right. And while, again, while physically she's different and, you know, she's she stands out, we need more than just eye candy because this day and age, we demand more from our female superstars than just eye candy. Mandy Rose is proving the, um, I don't want to say exception to the rule, because honestly and truly, when I first saw Trish Jr., I went, oh, great. They just recloned Trish. Let's see if she can wrestle. And she couldn't. But she's you know she's she's still can't she's still, still can't and she's better than she was. She has improved from just uh to <sighs> all right. So she's getting there eventually, maybe one day. But again, these NXT girls cannot afford to be called up if that's all they have to offer is just their looks. Um, so Vanessa, while she's working on her craft needs to come into a character and be herself or at least find something that is going to play to a larger audience than the NXT crowds. 
Yeah, now somebody else that I'm interested in your thoughts in is Tainara Conti. She's been uh, on NXT now for what, what, three years since she joined the company. Uh, she was in the 2018 uh, May Young Classic. Still here. I mean, you don't see her on NXT TV that often. She's on the roster. Um, and so they haven't forgotten she's still there. But are they going to do something with her? I think, I, I mean, it definitely appears they want to do something with her because one of the big things they like in, you know, especially in female competitors is non-professional wrestling sports credentials. Um, you know, they always push, uh, you know, this person excelled in another field and now they have brought their talents to professional wrestling. So since she, you know, has a lot of experience, uh, in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and, uh, was a former judoka, you know, they like to push that. I mean, her, her ring gear is essentially a gi with her black belt, um, you know, yes, she was in the original May Young Classic, and she's still kind of floating around in NXT. It's apparent they want to do something with her, but judging by the lack of television time she gets, they don't feel she's even ready for television time. So they don't feel there's a place for her on the roster right now. Um, you know, and that could be character development. It's probably due a lot to ring work. As some people make the transition very well from a previous from another sport to professional wrestling, others find that very very difficult to act. You know, to to go a little more performance and a little less actually trying to murder your opponent. Um, so we're working on that with her. Um, hopefully, you know, I don't know what I don't really think I've seen enough of her to make. A, a long-term decision on on what she can do. Um, you know, she looked okay in the TV appearances I've seen her on, but she's easily forgettable right, right now. Um, and character that people are going to remember. I think a lot of character development is what's needed in general in the NXT women's division. While she is a legit athlete, a legit badass with her martial arts background and training, I, I can't recall um, from even the first May Young Classic that she was in how she spoke. If you know she was somebody who seemed fiery and passionate about what she was doing, so. Again, if there is no character there, if there's nothing behind it, all the black belts in the world um, don't sell an audience, don't sell um, wrestling fans on you being uh, that person that they want to tune in or show up to an event to see week in and week out. Um, it's a shame because, again, she does bring that that martial arts background and you have women who do have like the MMA background and martial arts background as well, who are excelling, um, in this, this transition where she does not seem to be doing the same. Another very athletic person, Casey Catanzaro, the former American Ninja warrior, 
and of course she had a good show at on uh the women's battle royal at wrestlemania well i mean she's somebody who's made a good impression every single time she's been out there in her uh you know when she competed in the may young classic uh coming into the women's royal rumble and using her her athletics to avoid uh elimination in the women's royal rumble where she did the handstand walk and climbed over to the turnbuckle and and pulled herself up and and climbed back in um and each of her appearances on NXT she's wowed the crowd it seems that the full sale crowd is you know is is very much behind her and her athletics i do think that she brings you know a style that you don't often get with in women just her amazing gymnastic type ability um you know is is interesting and exciting but yet again she needs a whole lot of work as far as um just putting everything together because she can come in and she could do some amazing stuff, but it's putting all of that together, putting all the pieces together. You know, she, she seems teat and cute and, um, you know, has, has a good look and people kind of, she seems like a likable person. So people kind of take to her for that reason, um, as well as her athletics, it's just more seasoning, but you know, I mean, if she's able to continue to do these kind of things, I think she could be very successful. Uh, you know, especially being kind of, you know, not being able to do these things is, is amazing, but it's also in the wrestling world, something that you don't typically see from women. So if she can bring a high flying daredevil kind of style with some amazing gymnastics in there, uh, I think she could be very successful, but it's just, it's seasoning and it's time. She's so small. Um, not that that takes away from anything that she's out there doing. Um, and the women aren't just, you know, gargantuan in general in WWE, but I see her and she's like a little pixie. And I wonder if while everyone's impressed with her athleticism, her skill and what she does, if someone of her size will be taken quote unquote seriously on the main roster against some of these women who are bigger competitors, um, who would have to, you know, base for her and all this. And I just, I like her, but I just don't see her being a future, um, raw or SmackDown women's champion. I don't see her being an NXT women's champion. I see her as just one of those, um, amazing athletes who's out there entertaining us doing high death flying things and then going back to you know whatever it is she does when she's not in a ring so hopefully i'm wrong maybe she she proves me wrong and just continues to get better and add more i don't know to her repertoire but right now she's a she's a cute little spot monkey for me that's it I mean, I think that there's definitely a lot of promise. Uh, but look, hey, it's an, another person that people said that about, you know, that was just there for the spots was Kofi Kingston. And look at him now, the, the lead champion. So, you know, if the fans get behind it and if the quality work is there, it could eventually lead to something good. Only time will tell. All right. So let's speak to some of these other ones we have. Mrs. Uh, wrestling, Mrs. Johnny Wrestling, Candice LeRae. Unfortunately, labeling her as as Mrs. Johnny Wrestling, I think, is more detrimental to her than it is a positive because 
she hasn't gotten to establish a, a separate identity as a performer and as a character. Um, she's been there for quite some time, and she really has been used very sparingly in the women's division. She she herself was in, you know, the women's Royal Rumble, uh, was in the Battle Royal at WrestleMania, uh, was in the Mae Young Classic, and you know, her biggest contributions thus far have been in the Johnny and, and Ciampa storyline. Um, so. Unfortunately, being tied as Mrs. Gargano is unfortunately kind of been detrimental to her in-ring attributes. Um, but, you know, I mean, whenever she does come out and she does perform on TV, uh, you know, she looks great. She's a very seasoned competitor. Uh, the crowd loves her. I, I think it's just kind of a matter of time, really, before they start kind of giving her a bigger push. It's past time for her to get... A push, I think, because she is one of the most um, experienced competitors. They, they have a handful of women who they've plucked from the indies who are just great. If you let them get into the ring, they will tell any story that you want. If you let their characters shine through, you will get television wrestling gold. Um, she has not been able to showcase her talents to their fullest. But once uh, these folks get off of whatever craziness they are and that they're on, and by not letting her do so, Candice LeRae is ready and for the NXT Women's Title. You can put her on Raw and SmackDown. Um, she'd be ready to go at any time on any brand. I feel um, she's she's one of those people who I feel is just that that good, along with. Uh, a uh, host of others that they've plucked off the indies here that while they're dwelling in NXT, they're helping some of these other girls. I think that the help should be on the main roster, giving us some different matchups some different looks and some more people to invest in. And then uh, talk about great talents. Uh, one uh, here that I want to mention that I think can do a lot of great things. Uh, somebody who's been on and off with NXT Finally getting her big shot in the contract. Deanna Perrazzo. I I like Deanna a lot. She's been one of my favorites to watch, um, you know, on the independent scene for, for a few years now. The Virtuosa, I think, is uh, is a great persona for her, you know, as a, as a technical wrestler. Um, she does great work at it, and she's looked good on her NXT appearances, but it seems like the virtuosa character hasn't really connected with the people quite as well. So that's why she's kind of been on and off TV. Um, from what I see on the Florida loop um, reports and stuff like that, they've kind of tried some different stuff with her character, kind of making her try to make her a little bit more heel with utilizing a lot of eye pokes as well. And um, switching to uh a pinfall type maneuver instead of being the Fujiwara armbar specialist. Um, I, I mean, I don't think that that's really the case. I don't think they need to really give her the persona. The persona is supposed to be in the ring work with her, but I don't know if that's going to translate well. Um, you know, in ring, she's as good as anybody, but I think it's being that her character is the virtuosa is that I'm just, you know, I'm a really good technical wrestler. Um, and I'm, you know, a little cocky about it, um, is, I don't think is, is as big a character as they want. It's not as big a persona. It's very, very subtle. So either you'd have to put her, pair her up with either in the ring or again, you know, 
teaming or against um, larger personalities, I think. Um, so there, there's gonna, there's still some tuning there, but I think the, the tuning on her end is definitely not with her ring work. It's definitely with her persona and trying to find something that the people can attach to. Um, but to me, she's, she's easily one of the best pound for pound in ring competitors in the world. You know, she's, she, to me, she's on par with, with, you know, somebody along the lines of a, of a Zack Sabre Jr. As far as in ring work, you give her, uh, uh, the right opponent who can work that style with her and, uh, she could put some magic together. I totally agree with you. She is good in the ring it's the personality where the WWE does not want subtlety. They want everything to hit people over the head with a damn sledgehammer, unintended, um, to get them to invest in these characters, to like them or to hate them. Her in-ring work second to none. It's just the fact that if it's not connecting with the folks in pool sale who are... Um, lovers of wrestling they love everything about nxt and what have you so if that crowd is not full on behind diana wwe is scrambling because now they don't know what to do they've got this great wrestler and the personality and the reaction that they're wanting they're not getting um once they figure out what it is that they can do with her on a character basis uh it's just a matter of time before you see her ascend to the top of NXT right on into the main roster. Couple of other ones. Zeli, Io Shirai, Mia Yim. Uh, three very talented wrestlers all in their own right. Very different styles. Uh, they'll bring something different to the product. Uh, and I think that these three can definitely shine. Um, and no offense to Zio Mia, but Io is the one true star here. Well, I I think Io is pretty much the one to dethrone Shayna Baszler right now. I think that's the story that they're building up to. Um, you know, they maybe they didn't feel personally or something she wasn't quite ready for the main roster, and that's why they just brought up Kyrie um, and and broke up the team of the Sky Pirates. Um, maybe they felt they needed some more work down in NXT they could do with her. But the story seems that she's going to be the one to dethrone Shayna. She's going to find a way to basically just isolate Shayna and not have to worry about um, her cohorts on the outside. But EO seems to be the one they're grooming as the big babyface star in NXT right now. Mia, I don't really know if she's ever going to reach the main roster. I don't think they brought her in to be a main roster player. I think she's kind of like the Cassius Ono of the women's division. She's She's a seasoned vet. She's going to be there to help guide their young, inexperienced group of talent. She's going to be there to kind of mentor everybody, help put over the young up-and-coming talent on their way to the main roster. But Mia's going to stay in NXT for a few years and then possibly move to a trainer role. Um, but I don't think Mia is main roster bound. Not that she's not good enough, but I think that she's just not what they want for a main roster talent. I don't think that's why they signed her. I like Zia Lee a lot. Um, I think there's a lot there. You know, yet again, she's very, very inexperienced, but I feel that she doesn't try to um, do things that she's not ready for. Whenever she's in the ring, she's doing very little, 
But what she is doing is very strong and it's very crisp. She's not trying to exert herself and uh, and try things that she's not comfortable or not or not uh you know perfected yet. And I think that's a very strong quality in a performer. You have to know what your strengths are and play to those, not just try to do what everybody else is doing and do it half-assed and make it look bad. So Zaya, I think, um, you know, could be a future star for them, especially that yet again, we talk about the diversity, you know, she's the first Chinese woman to ever be signed to a WWE deal. Um, you know, so that that's something they can push very, very well. I think she's developing enough of a persona with her using her Chinese heritage. Um, and like I said, her ring work, it's still very, very simplistic. But it all looks very strong and crisp. She looks like she's beating the crap out of people with those kicks, even though they're they're probably very light as far as their connection goes. Um, but yet again, it's just more experience with her putting everything together. Um, but I, I do think that she could she could make a lot of money for WWE and help with their diversity. And you know, China's a mark a very very difficult market that has a whole lot of money that they're wanting to crack into. Um, so she could be somebody who could start to lay seeds and help bridge um, bridge them into that market a little bit. I love, I love, 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 love me again. I'm listening to you and I'm like, no, you're right. You're possibly right about me again, not being someone that they had any designs on taking or letting go up to the main roster, which is a shame. Because she is talented, she's she's done the time in the indies. She's one of those workers who whose style matches up well with anybody. She could be anything you need her to be in the ring, and I think that she is capable of being a great storyteller. Um, with that being said, her being in NXT, being able to help develop some of these girls. It gives them some of that experience that they're going to need, some of that experience that I, I feel that they lose by not being out there on the independence, traveling in and out and, you know, going up and down these, these broad highways and byways. Um, so Zia Lee, of course, being, you know, from China, not a whole lot of uh, indie experience that's happening over in China, to my knowledge which is very limited, but still um, Mia helps give that, that the, that what she's missing, it'll help Zaya in the, the long run in the end. EO does not need Mia um, in that experience, just more of a polish to this American, I guess, style of wrestling um, where I was shocked that EO did not go up that they broke up the Sky Pirates and they did not keep them as a tag team, considering that they're women's tag team titles. But I digress. Um, Yoshirai is not long for the NXT world. Perhaps she does dethrone Shayna Baszler. Perhaps it's a loser leave NXT match that these two wind up getting into. But one of those two ladies, uh, sooner rather than later, will be up on the main roster, I think. And last... But not least, for saving the best for last, is the champ in her camp. And that is Shayna Baszler, Jessamine Duke, and Marina Schaeffer. Of course, no doubt, 
uh we know the future eventually at some point we'll see the four horsewomen ride together but in the meantime while ronda rousey is out making babies we've got Shayna baszler ready to take over the world probably being right now showing one of the top women the fastest rising women pro wrestlers uh she's been on a roll she is the one of the most dominant champs out there and of course her crew always there to back her up they're continuing to hit you know the loops continuing to improve uh you know it's kind of silly to say because i think i know where we're going with this but what does the future look like for the champ Shayna baszler is is flat out one of the best women's wrestlers in the world right now Everything she is doing is fantastic. Her her look, her persona, um, you know, when she's on commentary, when she's doing run-ins and beat-downs, her matches are, are always amazingly done. She looks like she's out there to murder people. Um, you know, she is believable as a legit badass because of her MMA experience, but um, she's just one of those that, made the adaptation from MMA to professional wrestling and has made it, uh, extraordinarily well. Um, you know, I, she, uh, she's one of my favorites and I love the story in NXT right now where her and her crew are the bullies and they just beat people up and take what they want. And then you have this whole host and crew of baby faces who are trying to rise up against her. Um, it was a big enough story when it was just her, but now that she's got her running buddies, it makes it even more so. Um, I'll actually be sad when she does leave NXT because I know that then she goes into different storylines and she may not get featured um, as heavily as she'll just be, you know, Ronda Rousey's friend. Um, Jessamine and Marina are are still really bad. They're just bad. They're very, very, very inexperienced in everything. Um, even as corner people and just persona and stuff, they're still just they're still just really bad. So they need some seasonings. That may be why they're all still down there in NXT because they want to bring them up as a group. Um, I assume once Ronda returns, they'll come up and and they'll come all together. Um, but I love the story. I love Shayna wrestling. I love everything that she does on NXT TV. Um, and her cronies definitely help, help add to that because it's not, it's not enough that she's a super duper badass who can rip you apart in the ring. But now you also have to worry about her friends running in, even if maybe your skill can, can, you know, can, can pass her. Um, it's now you also have to worry about the outside interference and the possible being outnumbered and these kind of things. Um, it's just I love I love Shayna, and I like I said I, I'll be upset when she does have to finally leave NXT because I don't think she'll get treated properly on the main roster. Um, the other two clearly not ready. Um, there's no way, shape, or form they'll be ready. I, I feel anytime soon for uh, the main roster. That being said, Shayna Baszler is ready. Shayna Baszler, she's done her time on the indie. She's done her time in NXT. She's developed this character that is believable, that is legit scary. Um, 
when you watch what she does out there in the ring, when she grabs a microphone and tells you that she is going to, you know, beat the hell out of you, I, it is believable. There's nothing about Shayla Baszler that looks fake, um, that looks like she is not ready to just go in the middle of a ring and just beat on man, woman, and child, whoever you said in front of her. I do not want her to be Rousey's sidekick. I want those two to fight each other. I think that would be a great, great thing for the WWE universe to watch these two ladies um, from an MMA background wrestle. Ronda not being the best wrestler, but Shayna, of course, being someone who is now got so much wrestling under her belt that I think that they would put on a, a damn decent contest. Um, Shayna's got a, a stranglehold, no pun intended, on the women's championship in NXT. The only way Shayna loses that title is by fluke or by just saying, you know what, I'm done here. I'm ready to go conquer something else, which being Raw or SmackDown. Sooner, hopefully, rather than later, we see Shayna up on the main roster. I'm here for it. It's going to be interesting to see how they get called up, how it all works out, but Shayna Baszler, absolutely fantastic. So we'll see what comes up. But yeah, that's it. That's that's the women of NXT. Uh, there's still uh, a lot of people that have yet to appear, be featured as part of the official NXT TV roster. I think next week we're going to kind of go through uh, all, all those signed uh, members, uh, those that love doing those Florida loops and uh, beyond. A lot of people still in the performance center, so we can take a look at those. Uh, but now it's time to make our predictions for Money in the Bank. So far, as of right now, 11 matches have been announced. More could be added, but who knows, maybe not. Uh, 11 matches for a 3-hour-plus pay-per-view should be enough. In no particular order, let's start with the pre-show matches. Tony Nese versus Ariette. Daivari for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. This one, I am going with the champ. I think he will definitely retain. And in a non-title match, Daniel Bryan and Rowan, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, uh, will be wrestling the Usos. This is a non-title match on the pre-show. Yeah, the Usos are winning. Uh, Of course, the Usos... Coming over to SmackDown through the wild card. Still senseless, but whatever. And then on the main card, Rey Mysterio Jr. will be unsuccessful uh, in taking the United States Championship from Samoa Joe. Because Samoa Joe just breaks people. And, you know, after he beats Rey, uh, he'll beat Eddie's kid. Uh, Then Kofi Kingston will wrestle Kevin Owens for the WWE Championship. Uh, and I want to go with Owens here, but I just, I think they're going to ride the Kofi train a little longer. So Kofi will retain Miz versus Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. I think they're going to give Miz this one after giving Shane the W at WrestleMania. Roman Reigns will defeat Elias. There's absolutely no question on that. Seth Rollins defeat will defeat 
AJ Styles to retain the Universal Championship. The man will prove that she is twice the man anybody is by winning both her title matches uh, against Lacey Evans and Charlotte Flair for the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. And in the Money in the Bank, couple of switcheroos. We have Sami Zayn replacing uh, Braun Strowman, and due to not a specific reason, storyline, uh, you know, they, they they made the last man standing match on on Raw. Uh, some people say it's injury. Some people say that it's some uh, backstage heat. Uh, some people talk about. Uh, you know, his poor showing at WrestleMania. Nonetheless, Sami Zayn replaces Braun and will be there with Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Ali, Finn Balor, Andrade, and Randy Orton. That's going to be a really fun match. I'm still going with Andrade here for the win to win the uh, men's Money in the Bank ladder match. In the women's, we also have a change as apparently... The goddess is showing that she is mortal because she is still not clear to wrestle, even though she has wrestled a couple times since coming back from injury. May have uh, reaggravated her injuries. So she's out and comes in Nikki Cross, putting Nikki Cross with a bunch of ladders. And well, somebody's really going to have a bad time. And who is that? Her opponents, Carmella, Ember Moon, Mandy Rose, Bailey, Naomi, Dana Brooke, and Natalia. Uh, and I, I'm going with uh, Mandy. I believe that was who I was leaning towards a few weeks ago. And that's who I'm sticking with. Mandy Rose winning the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. For the kickoff show, being that it's non-title, um, I think the Usos probably do win against Daniel Bryan and Rowan and then earn themselves a championship opportunity, you know, within the next few weeks. Maybe that match happens at the uh, Super Showdown in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Uh, Tony needs for Zari Davari. I like Arya, but he's really just not connecting. Tony Nese, I've never really been a big fan of, but I don't see them taking the belts off Tony uh, Nese right now. Um, I don't know if. If Arya is really the guy to take the belt right now, um, like I said, I don't think his his heel persona is connecting with everybody as well as they would like it to. Um, to the belt was kind of thrown on Tony Nese when uh, when the call up when they wanted to call up Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander. Um, so you know, I think they probably want to develop Tony a little bit more as champion. So I think Tony Nese retains. Um, Samoa Joe will kill anybody and everybody. Uh, connected to Rey Mysterio, he's going to beat up Rey, he's going to beat up his son, he's going to beat up his daughter, his wife, his grandmother. Um, anybody else who uses the name Rey Mysterio, Hio Del Rey Mysterio, the original Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio Sr., uh, Rey Mysterio Jr., Jr., he's going to beat up and choke out every single one of them. Uh, and it'll be in about three minutes or so. He works. Samoa Joe definitely does not get paid by the hour. Um, I think Kofi Kingston retains. I don't think Kevin Owens is, is the one to take the belt off Kofi right this minute. Um, 
I do think Kevin Owens is going to hurt him bad. You know, maybe after the match, he continues the attack and therefore sets up the teases of somebody cashing in on Kofi, uh, you know, very, very soon. Um, you know, with not only the underdog babyface champion, but also possibly injured. Um, I think that would make a great storyline. Uh, there, Miz versus Shane McMahon, who wins in that steel cage match? Nobody. Uh, nobody wins. Uh, including the people watching. Um, I am, I have not, I'm not a fan of either guy. I have not been a fan of anything they've done on television in this feud. So I certainly hope that this is the last time, um, especially being that they're on different brands now. I uh, guess the wild card rule, etc. But technically, Miz is, is Raw and Shane McMahon is SmackDown. Um, hopefully, this is the last match we see from them. So you have to make the babyface win in order to get the big blow off. So I think Miz, Miz takes the win here. Um, Roman Reigns beats the crap out of Elias. It's really strange to me that the feud with Roman Reigns and Elias um, is based on the same stuff the feud between The Miz and Shane McMahon is, kind of. So Shane McMahon's an asshole because he beat up The Miz's dad. But then Roman Reigns beats up Shane McMahon's dad, and it's okay. And now he's fighting Elias, um, you know, because of it, because that's the the guy who Vincent Mann pretty much claimed and chose over over Roman. Um, yeah, so Roman really has no reason to lose to Elias. Um, you know, it's still, even though he's on SmackDown, Monday Night Raw is still also the Roman Reigns show. Um, so it is his yard, and he will beat the crap out of anybody and everybody. Um, you know, probably three or four Superman punches, two or three spears, and Elias uh, will drift away. Um, Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles is a very difficult pick. It's going to be a fantastic match, um, you know, bell to bell. Um, I don't think AJ Styles takes the belt. I think Seth Rollins retains. Um, I just, I just have a feeling that that. This title reign for Seth Rollins, you know him him defeating the Beast. I think they're probably planning a uh, a rematch. It's rumored a rematch for uh, the Super Showdown in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia would be Brock Lesnar versus uh, Seth Rollins, and that match really doesn't make sense if Seth's not the champion. Because why the hell does Brock care about him if he's not going after the belt? Um, so I think you have to do. I think Seth Rollins retains. Becky Lynch, yeah, it doesn't. I feel like they missed opportunities about Charlotte and Lacey kind of uh, fighting over who gets to fight her second, because of course the person who fights the second match against Becky is going to be at a greater advantage because she's already wrestled once that night. Um, but yet again, who cares about two heels bickering and fighting at each other? That double powerbomb spot they did to her was terrible. Becky pretty much had to pull herself onto Charlotte's shoulders because Charlotte wasn't doing it alone, and Lacey really wasn't helping. It looked bad. They both came out there in the same color, which I think was supposed to be kind of the point. Look, they're just clones. They're you know, they're very very similar, um, like Becky's been saying. But there's no reason for Becky to lose either belt, let alone both. Um, she will slap the head off Lacey Evans and slap the head off of Charlotte Flair hopefully ending this battle between her and Charlotte. Hopefully this will be the last time for quite some time. And I think it's time for Drew McIntyre to 
step up and be uh, a Tom. Yet again, he's fantastic in ring. Um, and, and Zelina and he are, are a great duo. But I, I personally, I want Drew McIntyre to win that one. Women's Royal Rumble, even with the addition of Nikki Cross, and I think I do think she'll do well in that match. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I do think that her winning would be a lot of fun and run around crazy with a briefcase because she's already unpredictable enough. Now she can cash in on the champion, um, becomes even more unpredictable. Like you could have lots and lots of fun stories of her running around, like threatening to cash in and doing all this. Um, I just don't see it at this time. I still think it's Ember Moon. I still think it's Ember Moon's time to uh, to win that and step up. Uh, Ember's one of the best uh, they have, and she's just been kind of hasn't really been able to do much on the main roster because you know partially because where she got injured in the time between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Um, but I, I think Ember is poised to to be a top level competitor, and winning the Money in the Bank would help would help her get there. Well, you know, pre-show matches, who cares? There's a tag team match with the tag team titles on the, on the menu. Who cares? Usos, yeah, they win. Tony Nese, Davari, not interested. Again, this is a pre-show match. They've done nothing to make this interesting. Champion retains. Samoa Joe is going to swat Rey Mysterio from the air. Booyaka Booyaka is going to be owned by... Samoa Joe. Um, Kofi and Kevin scares me. I really think that Kofi's going to retain, but I think Owens is definitely, definitely going to put a hurting on Kofi. Um, Miz versus Shane. Miz for the win. Shane is going to jump off the top of the steel cage to a table and kill himself, and Miz is going to pin him. Um... You've got Becky versus Charlotte. I, I, Becky, the man, come on. Elias versus Roman. Now this one should be a no brainer. It should be Roman, but I really think Elias is going to somehow or other weasel in a win with the help of his guitar. Um, if not, I'll, I'll be shocked. Very, very shocked. Um, Seth and AJ. This this dream match that's happening again. Seth Rollins is dating the man. AJ is going to make Seth Rollins his B. I think that AJ has come to play. And Styles is going to rebuild Raw in his own image. Um, Becky, again, is the man. She's going to beat Lacey Evans. She's going to beat a plank. How could she not? Um, Royal Rumble time, men's Royal Rumble, and women's Royal Rumble. Two replacements. Team Little Big is no longer in either of the Rumbles. Interesting. Still, for me, I think Finn Balor needs, has to, must win money in the bank for the men. And uh, for the women, Good golly, I would love Nikki. I really, really would. But I, they got dang it. They love Carmella. I think Carmella, who has put her hair back to some weird color or original color, is going to show that she's money once again. Well, that is going to be money in the bank this Sunday. 
live on the network. 7 p.m. start time, I believe. Uh, that's the new time. If not, still 8 o'clock and ignore whatever I just said. Because, you know, English is not my first language. So what do I know? But, what do you think your predictions are for Money in the Bank? Let us know. Tweet us on Twitter machine at FOW Radio. Also, Danny's on Twitter at Danny F and Danger. Mika's on Twitter at Mika Villas. I'm on Twitter at Yellowman PA. Hit us up. Give us a follow. But that is it for today's show. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe uh, to the FOW Radio Network on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play. And until next time, keep watching wrestling.